morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another DFS Streamer podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, where we go over all the uh, the classic DraftKings lineup or competition on Sunday afternoon. And we are in week six, and I have with me the master of building lineups. It is Pierre Wilson at Peewee31 over on Twitter. How you doing, Pierre? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm not sure I'm a master after my effort last week. Uh, definitely my worst lineup of the season. But, I mean, I've been on the podium like every other time, so... What are you going to do? You win some, you lose some. Yeah, I don't know if you're bragging or complaining right now, but I'm Wes Easley. I'm usually doing the complaining, and every once in a while I get to brag, but not very often. At Loafing It Over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. And just take a minute to like, subscribe, do all those things. If you happen to be new to this program, share this with somebody else that you uh, might think would be able to benefit from a little bit of DraftKings talk for this Sunday afternoon contest. And Pierre, we always put on a contest ourselves, a DFS streamer contest. Just a small little pool, people. $5 entry fee just to have a little friendly competition between yourself and myself and everybody else who seems to be winning nowadays. Yeah, yeah the, the the top two are our last two winners. So we got our guy Craig came in first again. Oh, dirty. 66-13, uh, 186.42. Um, really good balance lineup. He had Anthony Richardson. So that tells you something because Richardson got hurt. And How like you the do that? first quarter, I only got him four points. But he had Brees Hall, David Montgomery, Michael Pittman, um, who he stacked with Richardson, Hopkins, who he brought back on the other side, Zay Flowers, uh, Dwayne Washington, guy him a zero, uh, Jamar Chase and his 55.2. There, there and it is. the Saints there. defense, who also got 24. So yeah. really good lineup by Craig. And, I mean, he could have had an even bigger day if not for uh, Richardson and then the zero from his punt tight end. Which, I mean, just shows you can sometimes punt tight end, save salary, get a zero, and still have a really good lineup. Then B. Malcolm, zero, um, was in second. And then Wake, Wake Border, 10-23, uh, uh, was the last one on the podium there. That's interesting because usually you punt defense and just hope to get a couple of points out of it, you know. Yeah. And, and and you try to, I don't want to say spend up for tight end, but if I'm not mistaken, what the Saints were, like 3,700, maybe 4,200 last week. Um, they were right around 3K, so they weren't okay, they weren't below 3K, so they weren't the punt range that we usually go to. Yeah, they were 3K on the dot. Okay, yeah, and and so you, instead of spending 3K of the tight end, you spend 3K on a defense going up against a atrocious what New England Patriot offense. Oh, they're that, so bad. Yeah, and and so you can kind of do that and hope for a lot of points. That was an interesting strategy, Craig. I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous. <laughs> I mean, Bravo. He had some heavy hitters in there, so <laughs> it helps. I'm not jealous. I'm mad, Craig, is what I am angry. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Hey, congratulations to everybody, and thank you for participating with us each and every week. You can look at that over on Twitter. We always try to uh, accompany the – the tweet that you keep sending out because I, I, I'm not failing. I'm not forgetting Pierre. I don't know what I'm doing. It's the, the X has changed and my <laughs> computer has changed and I can't figure out how to post all of it. So you've been posting it lately. You've changed Wes. You've changed. <laughs> we got, we got to put, we got to attach the, the contest that you put on with that over on the Twitter page as well. Okay. Or the X okay. page. All right. All right. So we got to try to do that and I'll try to remember to do that myself. All right. Uh, this week though, we have 11 games, 11 games and, I'm just going to be honest with you, Pierre. I am way out of the loop this week, it feels like. I've got my notes. I've got everything written down. But, like, anything that's happened over the last couple of days, I'm not yeah. going to know about it. If there's weather, I think there's weather possibly in Chicago, uh, yeah. maybe some high winds, mm-hmm. high winds, and maybe even in uh, – what what's the other one? I thought it was a Seattle game, but I could be wrong. Cleveland game, maybe? Yeah, there's a, a couple spots, and I know we don't we don't focus on – 
tonight, which is a Thursday night slate. But there's there's weather tonight for anybody playing the showdown, just in case this comes out uh, before that game kicks off. But yeah, breezy in Chicago, breezy and a chance of rain in Cincinnati with the Seahawks and Bengals game, breezy with a chance of rain with the 49ers and Cleveland game, uh, breezy with a chance of rain for the Jets um, and the Eagles, as well as the Giants and Buffalo, which we don't have to worry about because that's uh, Sunday night. But yeah, basically that, that Midwest East Coast um, is in that windy and possible rain type of area there. Yeah, not, not quite the uh, catastrophic events we had with the blizzard, I think, last year and one of those oh weeks where it was crazy, crazy <laughs> stuff going on. But still, just something to be aware of. So maybe like pinpoint this very first game that we're going to talk about because it's in a dome. And that's one thing that Rob Norton always talks about is trying to find those games in a dome. Right. And, yeah. and this one is Washington versus Atlanta, Pierre. And my question to you about this game. Which tight end is going to score the most points this week out of the, I guess, three viable tight ends that we have here with Thomas Pitts and Janu? Yeah. So this is this is your moment, Wes. You really? Is it's it going to be moment. Thomas? You think I it's going to be it's, Logan? I think it's Logan Thomas. <laughs> it's my um, guy. Again, it's it's three of them. We, we know Pitts. I mean, good week for Pitts. Janu seems to be the most consistent. But I really like the way that Sam Howell kind of used Logan Thomas uh, last week. We also have. You know, Eric Bieniemy, who's the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think he just left Kansas City with Kelsey. So he should be pretty good at at getting uh, tight ends open. Um, if Even if it wasn't him, if it was Andy Reid, he should be good at knowing how to get tight ends open. Logan Thomas hasn't really been healthy um, consistently for him to do so. Um, but he had a couple weeks in a row now um, that he's been healthy. And we saw 11 targets um, in that game against the Bears. Yes, they were behind. Uh, a little quicker of a pace than I think you'll see in Atlanta, but I, I still like Logan Thomas and just the connection that he has with Sam Howell right now. It seems to me that Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, it, it's really game script dependent, right? Yeah. If, if if it's behind, if they're if Washington's playing from behind, then Gibson's going to get more attention from an mm-hmm. offensive side of things. And which way do you think it's going to go this way? Because is this a game script where Robinson is just going to be a ground and pound kind of game? I think it could be. I don't. I don't see the Falcons being a team that can kind of blow you out and get out in front. So I, I think Robinson will probably be more involved, just because it'll be a tighter game. Like the the Bears, your Bears, you know, they put a beating on on the Commanders, which I know you're not used to hearing this year, but they played really well. Uh, that really game scripted Robinson out, even though he can catch the ball as well. Um, but he's not a former receiver like Antonio Gibson was. So with this matchup, slow pace. Um, but I, I do think it'll be more of a Robinson game just because I think it'll be tighter. Yeah, I have it. I have it down as far as the matchup goes, just being a bad matchup for the running backs anyway against yeah. the Atlanta Falcons, who have a pretty stingy run defense. From a wide receiver perspective that Sam Howell will be trying to throw the ba- ball to, and I do think that Sam Howell will probably do pretty good, pretty mid in this game, about 17 points for DraftKings, I believe. You got Dotson, you got McClure, and you got Curtis Samuel, who seems yeah. to really – have have the attention of the coaching staff of Sam Howell. They seem to draw up some plays for him, especially down in the red zone area where he can get some attention in there. $3,700 for Curtis Samuel seems pretty cheap. Yeah, and based off his last two weeks, for sure, he's put up 18-plus two weeks in a row, uh, eight targets, seven targets. Um, came over from Carolina, so, you know, Rivera should be pretty familiar with him. Uh, pretty unique tool to have. He can He can be a... Split back out of backfield if you want. He did some of that at Ohio State, uh, but also a slot receiver, um, usually in the slot um, quite a bit. So he's going to get a lot of the underneath stuff. He won't get any of those deep balls. But if he's catching, you know, those underneath targets like he has been the last two weeks, 
Um, you can definitely, definitely play him. Uh, he's been a little touchdown dependent to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remove his touchdowns, you know, those 18s become 12s. But even so, 12 for 3,700 isn't awful. You need it right around that range um, anyways for him to pay off a salary. So I do like Samuel. Um, what I find kind of funny was, so in this uh, Bears and, and Washington game, uh, the Carolina Panthers, like their big news has been they want to pair a, a top wide receiver yeah. with Bryce Young down the road. And then you have this game in primetime with the Bears and, and Curtis Samuel. DJ Moore explodes for like three touchdowns, former Panther. Curtis Samuel has six for 65 and a touchdown, former Panther. So perhaps just keep the guys that you have in the building for your receiving core. That might be a good idea. For the wide receivers, I've got a big old fat no underlined right there for wanting mm-hmm. to use any of these guys. And I don't have them projected for much. I got an eight, eight, and a nine. But for the yeah. tight end here, Logan Thomas, like you spoke about a little bit earlier, I have a great matchup. Got him down for 15 uh, DK points. And that's probably undershooting it a little bit. Last week, he got 22 against Chicago. Pierre, yeah. at 3,500 seems really cheap there, too. It is. Good price on Logan Thomas. I like the tight ends on the other side. So, I mean, it's close. Um, with, with Pitts and, you know, Johnu again, getting eight and nine targets. If Johnu misses for whatever reason, it, it could finally be a, a Pitts week. I know that's scary to say because it's never a Pitts week. Um, but he saw 11 targets, you know, last week. They let Ritter kind of air the ball out a, a little bit. Washington, as you saw, you know, really gets hit hard with the deep ball. We see DJ Moore get behind him. We saw Mooney get behind him a couple times and Phillips just missed him. Um, and Pitts is a kind of a deep route type of runner for the tight end. Um, John is going to be your across the middle underneath type where Pitts kind of stretches the field a bit. So uh, Pitts and the receivers for Atlanta that can get behind uh, that Washington defense, I feel are in play um, this week against the commander. Yeah, I do have uh, that. The Drake London should have a great game this week. I, I can't, I haven't penciled in. I'm trying to do a little bit more projections nowadays. I am penciled in okay. for about 25 drafts. Kings points is what I have Ooh, penciled in for. I know, I, well, here's the, here's the thing. Here's part of the, here's part of the situation for me. Uh, when I'm going to throw out the first game first week, he even had 15 DraftKings points. Okay. Then at Jacksonville, he had 11 at Detroit. He had five uh, at, or against green Bay, 18, it gets well. Carolina was for week one, so I, I'm backing up there all the way out to week, to week one where I throw it out at home. He seems to do really well. Seems to do really well at home as far as better than normal. And this week, uh, the Washington football team. You think about what they did with DJ Moore last week. Yeah. Drake London is not that far off. I know that Ritter is not. It's not he's, just he's not Fields, but and still, I, I, I got he's not going to see like every target like DJ Moore did either. Like, hey, DJ Moore was the only receiver on the Chicago Bears offense that got any fantasy points last week. (laughs) But I I think right around that 14 to 15 um, was where I would come in for, for Drake London. 25 seems high, but, but still he's going to get you, you know, six to nine targets. Uh, That's perfectly fine for 4,800. Yeah, and it, it may have something to do with too with the past performances of wide receivers against yeah. the Washington football team, where you had it's DJ enticing. Moore go off for 220, you had AJ Brown go off for 175 with two touchdowns, you, you had uh, Stephon Diggs the week before that get 111 yards. Yeah. You know, it's just it's one. Uh, he's really Marvin, the the one guy there. Like I'm not a, I'm not yeah. interested in Mac Hollins. I don't think Van Jefferson is going to be really ready or prepared. You know, just getting traded over to this team. So yeah, how I mean. London's going to be the, the guy you want to focus on if you want to take one of these receivers. Right, the running game, I, I've got them both a good. Bijan and Algier, it, 
it's really weird that Bijan just hasn't run away with this yet. You know what I mean? I wonder I if they're trying to limit the the rookie wall at some point. I, I think that that's be. what they have to do. Yeah, right? he's only getting like 16 to 20 touches. If he ever gets up 20 plus, it, it could be an explosion game for him. He's that talented. Um, Houston kind of having a check, but Houston has a good defense. You know, this isn't Houston from last year with, with Lovey. This is, you know, D'Amico Ryan's who's, you know, had a really good defense with the 49ers for years. So they're they're playing really well. They're not a team you can necessarily pick on as much anymore. So uh, B. John, he's going to have an explosion game. And so you, you hopefully you're you're planning when he does. I don't know if this will be the week, but it's possible. Yeah, 7,200 is a lot. 7,200 is a lot. Uh, that game, by the way, was 42-point total when I did it. I like how yep. we did it last week, Pierre, just in case I was wrong at that and how it changed because I wrote these down basically on Monday, uh, yeah. and, and Atlanta was favored by 2.5 points. Is that still correct? Uh, yeah, except for it went up a little bit to 42.5, but, yeah, Falcons still by 2.5, so okay, pretty, yeah, I'm, pretty much bottom. I'm taking Atlanta at home on that one, by the way. And I, what was I last week? I wrote down I was eight and five on all my predictions last week, including touchdowns by Zach Ertz and stuff like that. So nice. But I, I was wrong on uh, Arizona winning and Los Angeles winning. I, I was wrong on both of those. And you, I, I remember hearing after I saw the Los Angeles score, I remember you hearing, yeah, okay, or something. You said that. <laughs> I said Los Angeles is going to win. You said, yeah, sure. So, uh, Minnesota. I have our weeks, buddy. <laughs> Minnesota at Chicago. This game total I have at 46 and a half. 46 and a half. Let me see if the winds change that at all. Yeah, it's down to 44. Really? That's yep. a strong wind that can blow two points off of a game right there. 44. So all it's right. projected right now, sustained 10 to 15, but there's gusts up to 20 to 25. And Minnesota was favored by three points on the road at Chicago. Yep, still favored by three. Okay, I'm gonna take actually the like I kid you not, just like right here live, it went down another half a point, so it's forty three point five. Wow. I just saw an update on my screen. I'm gonna take if 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 it's at forty three and a half, um, I, I really want to take the over. Uh, neither yeah. defense is very good at this. Uh, whenever this, and I I would take Chicago at home as, as well. I would take I do both of those. Um, is what I would do because I have my Chicago Bears at home, and to me the Minnesota Vikings, Pierre, kind of look like they've. I don't want to say they're they're. So many rumors around him now, you know, speculations. Kirk Cousins getting traded. Jefferson. And then you think about the dynamic that Jefferson had earlier in the year where he was like, look, if you guys aren't going to sign Kirk long term, I'm not even sure that I want to play here. You know, and and it's just so there's a lot of stuff, I think, going on. And let's face it, this front office doesn't handle things very well. I think about that, the coaching decisions before you think about the draft not too long ago. Uh, you, you just you, you think about the stuff that they've done in the past. It, it really yeah. doesn't impress me that they're going to be able to handle this properly either. It doesn't seem like that is going to end well. Um, Cousins is taking the high the high road. I, I've always liked Kirk Cousins as a person. Sure. Um, last year's contract. I mean, you usually don't let the quarterbacks that you want on your team to, to even get to this point. Uh, there tends to be an extension, especially with quarterbacks, before you get to this point. So there's there's definitely some concern, I feel, from the front office if Cousins is going to be that guy. He's getting up in age, you know, for football ages. Um, so, so keep that in mind as well. If they continue to struggle, which they could without, you know, the best receiver in the game, you know, Jefferson's missing at least four. If they struggle, he may not even want to return um, since he didn't have his contract extension. So uh, it kind of reminds me of the Packers a little bit when you look at, you know, kind of how the the Rodgers, you know, mm-hmm. every year, whether he was going to still be in Green Bay, whether he's going to retire, all this, 
or Devontae is just like, screw it, I'm out. I'm going to go join Carr and my former teammate. And obviously that didn't work out for him either. But you can see Jefferson kind of having that similar mentality, you know, being the, a top receiver. So, yeah, it could be it could be dangerous these next four weeks for the Vikings. All right, I have uh, every matchup being great for the Minnesota Vikings. It's what I, honestly, uh, I have. I have every sides. single one. Yeah, and no, you're you're absolutely right. The only thing I, I don't have as great is the running backs for Chicago. I, I against Minnesota. Oh, be great too. They'll be okay. So everybody's great. All right. So well, because you got to think about. So you got you got one out for sure. Herbert's Herbert's out. Um, I know he's listed as doubtful, which is basically out. Um, Rojan. So Rojo is he going to pass concussion protocol? We don't know. It doesn't appear. It doesn't appear. He didn't practice today, so. And so if he's not going to play, I mean, it's hard to go wrong with Dante Foreman at 4,400. Homer's dealing with a hamstring. That was why he didn't play at all, even in the Washington game when both of those guys went down. So clearly he's not ready. They went to to Blossom game, who's technically a fullback uh, for that system. So I think if, if, if they all miss, basically, except Blossom game, and you got Dante Foreman, he's shown upside yes. um, last year in Carolina at 4,400. That's one of the best punt plays you can play. Why he hasn't been active, I don't know. But, I mean, he's shown what he can do, especially when you have that threat of fields also running the ball. And then Roshan Johnson has been a, a darling of many um, ever since training camp and through the preseason. So if he does get cleared, folks will lock him in at 4,600 as well. Just the, the salary savings against the Vikings, the, the volume they'll see. Um, and, then again, the value. You're not really going to get this type of value unless you want to take a – a coin flip on one of the Arizona guys that we'll get to later. And to be honest with you, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Justin Fields does not have a rushing touchdown this year. He's so, got one. Does he? Yeah, I know because he's on my fantasy teams, a lot okay. of them. Um, he had like a sneak, uh, I think, uh, the Tampa game. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So one rushing touchdown for this entire year. Uh, looks like two. Looks like two. Uh, so I'm mistaken. I must have <laughs> old news. Old news, my friend. But so he's got two. He's got more fumbles than he has uh, touchdown runs this year. That's that's interesting. Uh, but so that he's not afraid to give the ball off to somebody down there by the goal line. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that that's the thing. It's 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 in the game plan. I think for Justin Fields not to run as much as he has in the past. I, it really looks like that when I watch the Bears games. Yeah, it's been like every other game. So. Nine attempts, four attempts, 11 attempts, four attempts, 11 attempts. So it's kind of going every other. Uh, I think it's more scramble when you need to uh, versus design runs. But just have that upside. Like, I love fields this week. I am going to admit I'm a little scared to see these these totals dropping (laughs) the way it is. Like, it wonders if the weather is going to be a little worse than it's being projected right now. Um, Obviously, with the wind, that's going to affect the passing game a bit more. So fields might be safe being able to run. Uh, but I love I love this game. I, I did it when I first saw it come out Monday. I still do. Um, but usually the total, you know, I know there's sharks, but the total when it comes down, it's usually for a reason. Uh, Vegas, you know, they're they're rich for a reason. So I'll have to look into that a bit more to see why it's trending down the way it is. Wide receivers on the Minnesota side. We got Addison, Osborne, Powell. Do we need to think about a Powell? Yeah, yeah. Think about all three. No, Jefferson. That's a plethora of targets that are being vacated. Um, I think Addison and Osborne are going to be your main ones, but, you know, Addison's, you know, he's a little banged up as well. I think he'll play, honestly, but, you know, Osborne, 4,400, Powell, minimum salary at 3K. Um, even last week, he got, what, six targets? Yep. You know, you take six targets for 
for minimum salary. If he can, if he can do that same line where he gets you 9.2, that's three times uh, the, the value right there that you want. And he allows you to pay up elsewhere. Okay. And uh, to me, TJ Hawkinson has had a big games in the past. Whenever and, and they've been able to lean on him in the past, and we've seen him get really big games. Is this going to be one of those really big games? Is he going to be able to pay three and a half times his value at six and uh, six thousand six hundred dollars here on DraftKings? He he can. I mean, he's going to get you probably eight plus targets. Um, you got a couple. It's a pretty good tight end slate. Like we've had a few yeah. like questionable. This was a pretty good tight end slate, um, but I think it'll be contrarian because I think a lot of folks will be down in that three the the 4k range that we talked about earlier with logan thomas you know kyle pitts in that range so if you want to get cute you know you can pay up you know obviously you got a uh, hawkinson you'll have andrews i think uh nope that's the london game i lie i forgot they're in london so yeah hawkinson's kind of the one that stands up above uh what laporta so he will definitely be probably contrarian because he's basically the only big name tight end you can pay up for unless you're counting laporta down at 56 Okay, on the bear side of things, really, it's it's DJ Moore, nobody else. Six, commit, uh, no, uh, <laughs> huh? You got to co-commit too. Well, well, no, I meant on the receiver side okay. of things. At sixty-five hundred for DJ Moore, eighteen seems like a drop in the bucket nowadays for him. I, I think yeah. we, you know, seriously, I, well, I have too. Yeah, I've had, I haven't penciled in for thirty on this game too because Minnesota Vikings, their defense is just terrible. It's atrocious. It's true. I I do as well. I I love Moore. I am kind of interested in Mooney. Uh, I'm not sure I'll do it, but just watching that game against Washington, like he could have very easily had two touchdowns uh, if Fields would have delivered the ball. So it's a that's another punt play that no one will probably be on if you want to maybe stat Justin Fields for a little cheaper um, and get contrarian for DJ Moore. But yeah, I think I think he just played DJ Moore. Okay, yeah, and don't forget about Cole Komet. He seems to be the the touchdown guy for uh, Fields, too. You know, it's just one of those mm-hmm. connections that they've had for over the last couple of seasons. And I do like what you have to say about Mooney, he, the deep threat. He's he's the deeper threat. The, the Well, I was going to say the wind might be a problem, but it seems yeah. like whenever there's not wind, it's a problem. So maybe wind will help. <laughs> might help. Situation. It might help. But, yeah, this, so this, this opened at 49 and a half. It's down six points. All right. <laughs> There's something. This wind might be a little stronger than we're, we're anticipating. You're anticipating. I know how windy it can be in Chicago. We never yeah. wore ball hats. We always just wore stockings over our head. Seattle versus Cincinnati. This one started out at 46 points. Was Cincinnati be f- being favored by two and a half? Is that still correct, sir? Um, yes, for the two and a half by Cincinnati. It's down the 44 and a half. So again, that Midwest and, and East Coast, those are where the, the weather games are. So I think that's starting to, to bring down some of these totals. So 44 and a half right now for this game. Pierre, do you remember when I whispered in your ear? Do you, and it may not have been you. I don't know who it was that I was talking to, but I whispered in somebody's ear here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network when we were talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow's struggles and Jamar mm-hmm. Chase's struggles. I said, remember when Jamar Chase said, if if he could just come back in week five, then yeah. he'll be okay with that. 
And yeah. bam, what happened in week five? I mean, to me, uh, Joe Burrow was playing through an injury this entire time. It was going to take this long to get healed up. I didn't take advantage of it. Dirty Craig took advantage of it. I didn't yeah. take advantage of it. I didn't trust it. I couldn't put – I mean, well, how do you trust something like that when they're putting up and twos and threes and eights, you know, stuff like that? But Dirty Craig went ahead and trust. That's why Craig is dirty, I guess. But <laughs> it, I think they're back. I think they're back. So I'm taking Cincinnati yeah. in this game to cover the two-and-a-half points. Even though Seattle had a bye week, I, I can see them coming out maybe a little bit sluggish where now Cincinnati is just fired up to go yeah I mean they looked really good um watch the Higgins news that's obviously that played a part not having T Higgins um but Jamar Chase also said you know before that game that he's like always always open uh 19 we are targets. Family network. Are family <laughs> uh, network. yeah oh yeah I keep it clean 19 targets he, he caught 15 of those balls 192 yards so he he wasn't lying he, he was always open in that game uh, hopefully Seattle will, you know, pay a little bit more attention, especially if Higgins is out. They got a really good young corner um, and Witherspoon out of Illinois who looks great. So they might try to put him on chase. Um, so I don't expect a 55 burger, um, especially if Higgins is back. But even if Higgins is out again, uh, you might get like a 20 to 25, which will be fine from chase. Uh, I think he'll be popular no matter what, but it are definitely in play with, without Higgins bump him down a little bit. If Higgins is, is returning. I think Seattle's going to pay attention to him. Listen, they had 19 targets last game. Somebody was paying attention at some point. Whenever a wide receiver is getting 19 targets, it's not like the other team is just sleepwalking through that. In time. They benched they, their quarterback. They benched the, the starter. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a rookie. They, they thought he was going to bounce back game, and he did not. He bounced right back to the bench. <laughs> Joe Burrow in this game is 6,300. I like that matchup as well for him. Uh, I think that I got I have him and Chase both at that 30-point threshold, just being able to boom in this game a little bit more. So I like that Joe yeah. Burrow on that rebound. All the stats come back. You know, like all those stats that he didn't get before, they're going to level out by year's end. And so I could see <laughs> him having another 300-yard game, another couple, two or three touchdowns as well. What about Joe Mixon in this game, Pierre? Do you like his value at 6,300? He's seeing all the touches, all the carries, everything there in Cincinnati. I just can't play Joe Mixon. Okay, you still can't play him, all right? I can't. I said it last year, and he burned me like once. I think he had a like a, that 58-point game where he scored like four touchdowns. If you remove that game, he really he didn't do anything that could okay. that could hurt you. Okay, over on the Seattle side of thing, they did have a bye week last week, so maybe they got a little th- little something ironed out. I don't know. They were playing pretty well before the bye. Geno Smith mm-hmm. was banged up in that game before they went on the bye week. He doesn't even have any kind of designation by him, so he looks good to go at fifty seven hundred. Yeah. Is he going to get us to the fifteen to eighteen point threshold like we want? Hey, yeah, can as long as that knee's actually good to go, um, full practice participant. Um, he was starting to, again, put it together. Uh, even that Giants game before he got banged up, he was looking pretty good. So I like I like Geno. I always like quarterbacks that have weapons that can kind of take over a game. He has that. Uh, Metcalf and Lockett, both of their salaries um, are down quite a bit as well. I know Metcalf is questionable, but I think he'll play um, at 6,800. Lockett's down at 5,700. Um, I like the rookie. Uh, I think he's another sneaky one. Again, I like some of these people in the 3K range. Uh, but Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, 3.6 and returning to Ohio, where he played his college ball at Ohio State. Ah, a little caveat there. I also like the tight ends, Pierre, for the Seattle. They're getting a lot of targets. They're getting a lot of looks, a lot of activity out there. Going up against the 28th-ranked Cincinnati Bengal defense against tight ends, you got Noah Fant sitting at three 3K, and I got him penciled in there for that nine-point nine mark. He could. He's just, I don't know. I can't play Fant. 
Okay. I, I used to play him in Denver, but he just doesn't get enough action in Seattle for me. Ken Walker, sixty-seven hundred. Yeah, yes, he's he's their he's their back. I know that you know Charbonnet got all the the talk in camp, but I mean he's getting twenty plus touches. So yeah, Kenneth Walker's always in play as long as he's staying under that seven K ring. All right, all right, very good. Um, the only thing I have great on this matchup here is the Cincinnati Burrow to Chase. Chase, yeah, yeah and that's just that's going against what they've led up, what Seattle's led up in the past. So we'll we'll and see if, if that comes. I mean, if way. Higgins is out again, I mean, another oh, yeah, punt will be Trent Irwin. At 3,300, if he is out. San Francisco at Cleveland. This game started out at 39 points, Pierre. 39 points is what I wrote <laughs> down. And I, I should have double-checked that because it seems very low for just a San Francisco game in yeah. and of itself. And then I have San Francisco favored by four and a half. Well, guess what? It's lower. <laughs> it's really? down to 37 and a half now. Wow. Uh, and the 49ers are now favored by eight. I, I think part of that's the the Sean Watson news where he, he hasn't been practicing still with the shoulder even after the bye week. Um, so you could be seeing DTR uh, coming in, uh, Dorian Torn uh, Robinson, that former UCLA quarterback. So if that's the case, uh, you might want to load up on the 49ers D if you can pay up that much uh, to 4K. Uh, but, yeah, it looks like the it's going to be a little grinded out low scoring game here. Low yeah, slate. I thought I had read that PJ Walker was going to be the starter this time. Oh, yeah. they're gonna go to PJ. Yeah, that's what I heard. I could be wrong. Okay. It, things things can change. You never yeah, know. No, he's there, so it's it it, it makes more sense. He's kind of that veteran. Teams seem to love him. He's even been with the Colts a few times. Um, I wouldn't go with him over twenty, but that's yeah, it could be Walker. Four K. That's a that's interesting. If he's a, a minimum salary, I won't play him just because I think he's awful. But you never know. Look, if Deshaun Watson isn't going to play anymore, and if he's really hurt. All the trade talk about Alabama wide receiver like Jerry Judy, it, it might no, as well switch yeah. over. It might as well switch over to Amari Cooper. I, that's, I'm just going to tell you right now, <laughs> Amari ain't going to want to be sitting in Cleveland not catching the ball. That's all I'm going to tell How you. How awful does that contract look for Watson right now? Oh, it's just terrible, terrible, terrible. Man. Uh, on the on the let's go to the San Francisco side first. Purdy's playing unbelievable, out of his mind. If they're favored by eight, it doesn't seem like he's going to have to do a lot, but he can always do enough to get to that yeah. point. You know what I mean? Uh, but it, it doesn't seem like a great matchup against that Cleveland Browns defense that's very stingy. But if they don't have an offense to go along with it, yeah. and if they're just three and out, three and out, three and out, uh, this is going to have me kind of running around here to the backup running back for San Francisco, Pierre, is what I'm going to be really thinking about here. Uh, maybe a, a Mason, or is it going to be Eli Mitchell? I just I, yeah. I know CMC will get his, but it seems like the backup will get theirs as well. And I'm not going to play a backup. Um, if if this becomes like a blowout, I think McCaffrey's going to be a part of that. So I would just play McCaffrey. So you even look at, I know it didn't happen in the Dallas game, for example, um, but you look at a way. So the last two years, McCaffrey's averaging five more points on the road uh, than he is at home. Um, Arizona was kind of a blowout. Uh, he got the 51, uh, four touchdowns in that game. Uh, Pittsburgh was kind of a similar situation. That was a really low-scoring game uh, against the the AFC North type of defense and team, and he put up 28.9 um, in that game as well. So I think he's going to be right around that 30-point range. Uh, I think we get a little cute if we're going back up, um, running back, because you're, you're basically hoping that it blows. I wouldn't punt um, with one of these 49ers backups just because we already talked about the potential salary savers in Chicago, we have some more coming up in Arizona here later. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking from a showdown. 
uh, construction a little bit there. And uh, yeah, so I let it slip. I, I, my, my brain got draft kinged up. Okay. You know, <laughs> it, it went captain it went all that. Guys. All right. On the other side of things, we're, so, we're, so, so are you thinking about Purdy then or are you not? I mean, you can always play Purdy. Um, it's just tough to stacking just because you don't know if it'll be Ayuk. You don't know if it'll be Debo. You don't know if it'll be Kittle like it was, you know, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of has flipping a coin. Um, you know McCaffrey's going to get his, so if you can afford it, I think it's always just safer to go McCaffrey. Um, but if you do play Purdy, I think you got to stack him with someone because he's if he's going to have a big game, he's going to bring some pass catchers along with him like he did with Kittle uh, with his big game against the Cowboys. Maybe the safest thing to do is just play the San Francisco 49er defense for this game. Yeah. You know, because we can't even play any Cleveland Browns. They they were just putrid last time whenever Deshaun Watson wasn't on the field for them. I, I don't think you can play any of them. No, I mean, maybe like an Elijah Moore, uh, 4,300. Uh, again, if you're expecting them to get kind of blown out, they'll probably have to throw the ball. So they can, they can get some targets late just trying to keep up and catch up. Yeah, okay. I think that's what you told me. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, I'm not taking anything from this game. Uh, It's a lot of points for San Francisco to cover on the road. They played what last Sunday night too, as well. You know, so that seems like a lot of points to me. I think they could do it in their sleep, but I just can't, I couldn't put any, I couldn't put any jelly beans on that one. But if I had to, I'd be leaning San Francisco 37 and a half, huh? Yeah, it could get ugly. New Orleans versus Houston. This one was 41 and a half point total earlier this week. This is in a dome as well. And New Orleans was favored by one and a half on the road, Pierre. Yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, Still one and a half New Orleans, up a half point to 42. I like the New Orleans defense in this one. I think New Orleans will be able to cover this one. I, I don't mind that Houston's playing so well on offense. I was wrong last week about predicting uh, Stroud's first interception. He did have a bad game on yeah. the road in Atlanta. And I think this New Orleans Saint defense is is better than Atlanta's defense. And they're just they they're gonna cause chaos. Yeah, I mean they're they're a pretty good defense. Um they've had some hit or miss games, like obviously the big one against New England, who's kind of awful. Uh, they only got three points against Baker in Tampa, though. Um, then 10, 7, 10. I mean, you're fine with that at 3K, but, I mean, Stroud's been good. He's been consistent. Yeah. Coming out of the draft, he was he was Mr. Accuracy. That was the whole thing with him. If he's not under pressure, if he has time to, like, set his feet, he's, he's not going to throw interceptions just because his ball placement is just off the charts. That was his whole comp was how he can place the ball. Um, might be down a receiver, um, so it doesn't help to, to not have your weapons. Um, if Tank Dell is going to be out, I think Robert Woods is also questionable. Uh, so it could be a, a Nico Collins type of week again. He seems to be, you know, I think it's the even. So, yeah, week two, 30.6. <laughs> week four, 38.8. So we're in week six now, so it could be another 30 burger for, for Nico Collins. But I'm not sure if I'll pay up for the Saints defense just because I, I do feel like Stroud's a, a pretty safe quarterback and not one to turn the ball over. Schultz has really come alive, and that may have been yeah. because Dell was no longer playing last week, and maybe because Woods was banged up as well. But Schultz uh, came alive. Ten targets last week, seven catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. 3,600 seems kind of cheap for a, a tight end that's going to be getting that much activity. Yeah, I've liked his last few weeks. Um, I really liked him with the Cowboys, so I was hoping that it would translate, and it seems like it's starting to. And again, I think like this is the range why folks will kind of stay away from you know Hawkinson at 66. Because we talked about Logan Thomas, we talked about Pitts, now we've talked about Schultz. Uh, right here in that mid-3K range, we'll get the Ertz um, in this range as well. So this just seems to be, I think you said you like Fant at, at 3K. So that's probably going to be where most of the, the the plays are coming from, from the tight end position. 
Over on the New Orleans side of things, Kamara's still getting a lot of activity. What was it, yeah. 20, 23 touches last week yeah. is what he got mm-hmm. altogether. So at 6,800, you know that Kamara's going to break one off here soon. You know, it's just going to have that long <laughs> – he's going to have that huge game here pretty soon. And he had a, whole, a total of 157 yards, I think, last week too. Or is that is that right? Is that what he had? Um, no, I don't have that many. 90, 90, 97. Okay, yeah. well, the one looks like a seven. Okay, so I thought it was 77 plus 80. I was doing some quick math there. But at 6,800, that still seems like a pretty reasonable price for somebody who has that many touches. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's gotten upside. We've seen, you know, a 40-burger for him last year, 27. Um, again, I feel like the Texans defense is just better this year, so I'm not sure they're one that can, that can be picked on. Um, Kamara has a pretty big road home split as well. Uh, I, I try not to get too involved in home road splits, but over the last two years, he's averaging basically 20 points at home and only 11.4 on the road. Uh, I know that, again, looked a little better last week against New England, putting up 18.7, but you tend to want to play him uh, in New Orleans and not outside of it. And none of the wide receivers are still relevant while Carr's injured, and he does appear to still be injured from what I saw, the highlights anyway, 183 yards, two touchdowns, but zero interceptions. The volume's just not there right now. It doesn't seem to be um, full practice. It's good that he's getting in full practices, so maybe, you know, it'll loosen up. Um, similar injury to kind of what Anthony Richardson's dealing with, mm-hmm. and the, the time frame for that is roughly four weeks as long as, like, surgery's not needed. So he's starting to approach that. So he should start be getting, you know, more healthy and more healthy. Yeah, full practice, but he was using his left hand the entire practice here. <laughs> Potentially. I've never arm. been one to pay card. He didn't have the upside I think you need at a quarterback position. Oh, you're such a snob. <laughs> I know it. You're such a Hey, let's go with the Gardner Minshew Indianapolis Colts Woo-hoo. versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Talk about a revenge game revenge. right here. Revenge. This game total was 46 and a half, and Jacksonville was favored by four earlier this week. How is that looking now? Uh, still Jags by four, down two um, to 44 oh. and a half. So a lot of these game totals are coming down. Are dropping. That certainly is. Uh, th- how much do you put into the revenge game narrative? Um, a little, just because it's Minshew. He seems like one that would have some intrigue in that, doesn't he? Like he's pretty quiet, you know, when they have him on the camera. But he's got a personality, and I'm sure he he knows. You know, he remembers. You know, Trevor Lawrence was ultimately his replacement um, when he was actually selling out seats there with his Minshew mania, where it started there in Jacksonville. So. I, I think I think he'll be a little chip on his shoulder. I think Steichen will will put him in a, a good position to to make plays. Will we win? Probably not. I mean, who knows? We we play pretty well. We're undefeated on the road. But I, I think that will be in the back of his head, whether he says so or not. Yeah, but I think that he wants a victory. I mean, I'm sure he would yeah. love to look good doing it too. But I think okay. anything he would want the victory over his team because Gardner, <clears throat> watching watching Minshew nowadays, it's not the same Minshew we were used to. He, he's he's a lot more conservative than what he used to be, if, if you ask me. Whenever I watch him uh, play a couple of different times this year, he doesn't seem to have the arm strength like he had in Jacksonville. Not that he had great arm strength back then, but at least he's slung it around, you know. He, he doesn't seem to sling it like that. It, it seems to be much more... Like he like he's film studied nowadays, and he, he's being <laughs> a lot more cerebral than he is just a gunslinger. Yeah, I think the, the offense is kind of built that way. Um, so for starters, you know, you got to think it was... It's ultimately built around Anthony Richardson. Kind of took it from Hurts a little bit. So it's built on a lot of RPL. Um, it's built on some rushing upside from the quarterback, which Minshew really isn't going to give you. Um, but when you have that RPL stuff, it's about getting the ball out quickly. 
you know, trying to avoid hits. You know, so if you're you're running a play action, you're faking it to the back, you're trying to get out, you know, quick outs, quick slants um, to get the ball out of your hands pretty quickly. That's why Josh Downs, I feel, um, is going to be a pretty good play this week. Uh, popping pretty good in projections. He's up to, to 4,100. But the last time that Minshew started a game was at Baltimore. Uh, he got 12 targets from Minshew in that game, caught eight for 57. Um, you can probably see a similar type of a script. I do think the pass catchers get bumped up a notch mm-hmm. with Minshew just because he is a bit more accurate than Richardson and won't be running as much. Uh, so just keep that in mind. But, yeah, you're right. He's a little more subdued and plays kind of within the team, within himself uh, versus being the gunslinger out there. You know, it's weird. Like I think about the dichotomies. I think I'm saying that right. Between Minshew yeah. and Richardson, where you know Richardson's a completely different ball player than Minshew is. And I don't know why more teams don't try and hone in on somebody that's going to play very similarly to the starting quarterback. I think about the Washington Commanders and and Howell and Brissett. I think Brissett is able to be able to teach Howell kind of how to play that quarterback role because they have similar playing styles, if you really think about it. You know, yeah. big guys have big arms and don't run real fast, but they still can run pretty good, you know. Uh, and, and I think about even in Philadelphia, how you have Hertz and you have Mariota now, very similar styles not necessarily mm. resu- not not <laughs> results not results but yeah. styles as far as a running so I, I don't know why there's such a uh, i wish anyway that's a side note uh who we got moss or jt this week who, who are you putting your eggs in the basket in oh i think it's probably still moss for another game um taylor will get a bit more of the snaps uh more than like 10 that he got last week I think they'll again. They're they're going to continue to work him in, but I still think it'll be it'll be more the Moss show. So I would I would lean Moss just from a volume standpoint. Okay, and I have bad down for all the tight ends, so that's that's just where I'm going with bad on that one. All right. Uh, on the other side with Jacksonville, we have Trevor Lawrence. Now let's let's not throw. I don't, I don't look. We could say Minshew wants a revenge factor. At the mm-hmm. same time, uh, Jacksonville is very aware of that. And Trevor Lawrence does not want that to happen. This could be a wake-up call for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. They don't want Minshew to beat them in their own house. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. there was a big decision there one day. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to come out and, and try to have a good game like he did over in New England. I hope he, hope he didn't leave that stuff in London. You know, I hope he didn't leave that <laughs> stuff in London. But he's at 6,500. I like him this week at 6,500. Yeah. And he's always played well against the Coats in his, his short career so far, so – I like Lawrence as well. He's he's gotten what eighteen and a half, twenty four point nine, eighteen point seven, so right around where he needs to be. Um, if I'm not mistaken, like they get to pick when you're coming back from London, and you have games like that, you get to pick whether you want your bye week afterwards or you get to pick like the team on your schedule that you want to play. So I'm pretty sure they like pick to to not have a bye and to play the Colts, just because they've kind of owned us, you know, over these last few years, especially in Jacksonville. Um, even the year they got Lawrence in the draft, they won one game. It was week one uh, against the coach. So um, I think they kind of picked on us. So hopefully that's some bulletin board material for the coach. Uh, but yeah, uh, Lawrence tends to, to pick us apart each time uh, we play them. So I expect him and his receivers and tight ends and running backs to, to all have the possibility of having a good game. Really weird. I, I thought that same thing, too. I was like, okay, I thought they were supposed to have a bye week after they came back from uh, traveling the world to play NFL football. And then not only that, I saw the past schedule, and it's like, this is the second game of the year already between Jacksonville and Indianapolis. That's weird, yeah, man. Yeah. That's weird. Boy, that's fast, too. That's a turnaround. And last time, Ridley had a huge game week one, if uh, I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, and, and do you think he's going to be able to repeat that, or is that something the Colts are going to try to shut down so we need to concentrate on Kirk or Zay? 
I think they'll try to shut it down. Um, so his most of his catches came in that first half, and they kind of switched Kenny Moore, who who has been the slot cornerback for the Coats over the years. He's been playing outside, and he's been doing a really good job. Um, so I expect them to probably do that like they did in the second half and, and try to have Kenny Moore on Ridley. Is he a shutdown corner? No. Like Ridley can still get his, but I, I think that they'll try to contain him a bit more, just having the tape of what happened that first game. So I'm kind of leaning Kirk, um, who really didn't play well that first game against the Colts, uh, but that's really the only game that he hasn't really <laughs> been solid. Like he had one catch for nine yards, and ever since then, you know, 11 catches, four catches, eight catches, six catches. He's had 14 or more points ever since week one. He's cheaper at 5,400. So I really do like Kirk, especially if Zay Jones somehow misses this game again. Okay. And Ingram's going to be Ingram. He's going to do Ingram things. Yeah, he's uh, just fine. This game is a hard one to pick because, let's face it, jet lag is a real thing. It, yeah. it, it is. It is. I've, I've, I've experienced it myself. And you've been over in England for two weeks now at least right i think two and a half weeks probably is yeah. really realistically what it is you get back the yard hasn't been mowed you got things <laughs> you got to do you know stuff like that so i i really think indianapolis can sneak this one out this might be a closer game than people expect i, I think i want to take indianapolis on the road to cover this four points here or just to be able to get it within four points anyway i should say yeah so, i mean even losing by a field goal would be We'll be covering, and, and you're you're absolutely right with the jet lag. Like, I've been to Europe, and just the way the time zones switch, that's a hard adjustment. If you don't have enough time to get your sleep schedule and stuff on, it can be hard to to kind of get back in a routine. Okay, world traveler, Pierre. Uh, we got Carolina versus Miami, and this one is an interesting one. I have 48 points down on this one with Miami favored by 14. Yep. Wow. Wow, 14 points over Carolina. It doesn't seem like they play. It doesn't seem like Carolina's played that bad. It seems it seems like they just struggled, and then at the end of the game, they kind of make it closer than it appears. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's just what it feels like. And and Bryce Young seems to do well whenever teams quit playing defense. Is what it really feels like. It's what it's had a feeling. It's all garbage time stuff for these guys, but they're still producing fantasy numbers week in and week out. I actually think for 5100, Bryce Young doesn't look too bad. Yeah, he's he's not awful. Um, it's tough to to kind of depend on that whole come from behind type of garbage time every week. There's gonna be a time where that's not gonna happen. Like a team's just not gonna let you, you know, easily go in the prevent and get some easy throws, easy catches. Um, Frank Wright did come out and say he's gonna try to simplify things for Bryce Young this week. <laughs> Why he hasn't done that already? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like Frank Wright as a person, former coach, coach, but. I don't know. He's he's a he seems a little over his head at times. Um, if he hadn't done that already to this point, um, we saw Dalton have a pretty solid game when Dalton got an opportunity. So I mean, I, I don't know. I'm probably gonna stay away from from Carolina. Okay. Um, I don't I don't disagree that Bryce Young's price, if he can get you that 20, even in mop up time like he did against the Lions, then I mean you would love that. I, it's not something you can depend on. And I, I really just I like the Dol- the Dolphin side of the ball quite quite a bit this week. Okay, I understand that. If you're thinking about pairing him up with a running back, it's got to be Chuba Hubbard at this time. Sanders is just doing absolutely nothing. And and Chuba seems to be getting a lot more targets, a lot more run, a lot more everything uh, right now. Maybe not targets, but he seems, well, I guess two targets to one targets is more targets. (laughs) But uh, he's he's got more results. But the running game, they don't even worry about the run game. People don't even worry about the run game because there's no holes for them. Yeah, You just pair him up with Thielen. I hope he continues to to do Thielen-like things that he does every year. Oh, his touchdown regression is coming. No, he just scores. 
<laughs> He's just thieving. All right, over <laughs> on the other side, we have Tua, who had kind of a down game last time because of the two interceptions that he threw. Uh-huh. Otherwise, there would have been more results, but 7,600. Tua, Tua can get to that 20 in his sleep against this Carolina Panthers defense. I have him down there for 25 uh, is what I have him down for. So I think that 7,600 is actually a pretty good price. And I'm glad for the two interceptions last week because it may have kept his price down a little bit because those two drives couldn't go for touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he's in play. You need 21 to 24. Even with the two interceptions last week, he got you 21.9. I got him projected for about 22 and a half. So he's right there around that three times the, the salary that you would need. Um, you got to hope that, you know, they need to pass the ball <laughs> um, just because if they get out ahead, you know, you could see similar to like that. I don't know if they'll score 70 points again, like again against the Broncos, but they really got the, the running game involved. And Carolina has been like the worst team against running backs this week. So if they can run the ball easily, it, it might not be necessary for Tua to, to kind of put up some of the points you need him to. At most start at 6,400. It seems mm-hmm. like he's going to get there. He's going to get to the 18, 20 points if if we need him to. He should, as long as like they said that Jeff Wilson might get activated. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, you got Ahmed there. You never know what McDaniel's going to do, Yep. Um, especially with running backs. Um, but we know Devin A. Chan's done. Um, he's out for four games. So, yeah, I, I like Mostert, 64. I got to just hope that nothing fishy happens. None of that, like Bill Belichick stuff that used to happen with the Patriots uh-huh. where the the main running back all of a sudden doesn't play and Kevin Falk comes in, yep. gets three touchdowns, or Brandon Bowden gets three. So it should be a pretty good Moster uh, week. I expect him probably to be the most popular running back on the slate. Okay. Uh, you can play Hill. You can play Waddle. Waddle actually yes. had 10 targets last last game. So, but Hill's the you one. You see his red zone? The, what was it? How many red zone targets he had? Uh-uh. Four. Wow. So almost half his targets I mean, were in the red zone. Like, they I was going to really, say – how many trips now. did they make? Five five targets to the red zone? And he's, <laughs> well, and his, his pick six, like that interception, was, mm-hmm. wasn't was trying to force it in a lot of uh, There's a sleeper guy on here for 3K. Cedric Wilson's been getting a lot of playing time, and I know that they're in a lot of blowouts and stuff. Yeah. But he's led four targets, four receptions, 52 yards, and and his, and his playing time continues to increase each week. You know, so I don't yeah. – I'm. I don't know. I'm just I'm putting that out there that if you want a piece of this Miami Dolphins offense in redraft leagues or something like that, maybe Cedric Wilson, because Hill and Waddle both have had injuries in the past. And if and if Cedric Wilson's going to be that kind of that third wheel, maybe he'll end up being a second wheel. I mean, it's always possible. We saw some of those games happen when he was in Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. I would keep in mind that Claypool's probably going to be active. Um, they traded for him and. I know people no. are like are like no because yeah. of his Bears days, but when you look at his Steelers days, you know you would happily play that Claypool for for three K. Uh, Mike McDaniel's is one of the best offensive minds um, in the NFL, so if they're able to, to unlock him a bit, if he he might want to you know show off for his new team. Um, again, I don't know how much he'll play, but I think I would lean taking the gamble on Claypool's upside over over Cedric Wilson if I was playing someone at three K from the Dolphins here. I hear you. I I think about the the thing that I'll think about when it comes to Claypool is just he had a very bad rap yeah. for not wanting to put in any work time, mm-hmm. and that doesn't seem like you can do that in this Miami Dolphins offense. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and at his press conference, they said they talked to him about that. So, well, uh, great. So did the Bears. So, <laughs> yeah. but hey, maybe maybe if you learn the tight end playbook, you don't have to learn nearly as much. Okay, that's yeah, that'd he'd be, be great. An awesome tight end. 
I think that'd be great. <laughs> I love that too. New England versus the Raiders. All right. Revenge game all over the place in this one. Right? Yeah, no kidding. Boy, oh boy. You, you got Jimmy, you got Jacoby as a revenge game. You got the head coaches revenge game. I mean, just all kinds of stuff going on. You got the game last year where that whole Jacoby like threw the <laughs> threw it right to Chandler Jones for the touchdown in the game. <laughs> and then smashed Mac Jones on the run river. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Oh, that was, and that's where back Jones started going downhill. No, uh, 42 and a half is what I had this one at Pierre with the Raiders favored by three. 41 now. Um, Raiders still by three. Raiders still by three. I will take the Raiders in this one. And that's pretty easy. That's it. That's all yeah. I'm doing. That's all, that's all doing. I want to play too. I don't want to play any, any Patriots whatsoever. Don't want to play their defense because, you know, they're missing Gonzalez. They're missing mm-hmm. Judon. Um, you can play Devontae. You can play Jacoby Myers in that revenge. Uh, with Jimmy G, he's gotten basically, you know, 10 targets at least every game that Jimmy G stayed healthy. Yep. Um, you take that for 5,800. And then uh, Josh Jacobs seems to be grading out pretty well in projections this week. Um, getting a lot of volume. Uh, 7K. So, again, he'll he'll get you off of, you know, the most search. He'll be pretty popular. We're probably going to get to a couple more running backs that will be popular here. But. Um, 7K, grading out really well. Uh, Josh Jacobs, so you can always go there. Guy that's gotten you basically 25-plus touches over the last few weeks. Yeah, and it's really weird what's going on in New England, too. It seems like that team is starting to quit on Bill Belichick a little bit, even he, even though that offensive play caller from Alabama, whoever he was, whoever his name is, uh, whatever his name is, I don't even, I want to say his name. He, he was run out of Alabama, my friend. That's that's all Why I Why did you get there. Tommy Reese? I didn't understand that, but whatever. Uh, Saban, Saban likes to uh, rehabilitate things. That's fair enough. Detroit at Tampa Bay. This game's at 44 points, minus three on Detroit. So they're favored by three points on the road after Tampa Bay's had a bye week. Pierre, we all know that golf plays a little bit better at home, a lot of bit yes, better, a lot of lo- bit better at home than he does on the road. Is that still the point total, 44? And is that still the spread, three points? Uh, for still Detroit. three for Detroit. Uh, total's down two to 42. 42. I will take Tampa Bay at home on the right. bye week. Baker Mayfield has played pretty well. Um, and and plus the run defense is pretty good for Tampa Bay. Not not as great as it has been in the past, yeah. but pretty good for Tampa Bay. So if they're going to try to lean heavy on the run, I just think it's going to be an under game as well. I don't know that this game is necessarily going to go over, but I will definitely take Tampa and I would lean the under on this one, Pierre. But from a Detroit perspective, they do play lights out. They have had a good offense this mm-hmm. season. Uh, you can't play golf on the road though, right? I don't. I don't play him on the road. I know he he's capable. Like anybody can have a good game on the road. So you you can play some of these guys, but he just on average it doesn't happen. So he averages about 13 points on the road. He averages 23.4 at home. Uh, so far, two games on the road. They won both of them. Uh, one at Green Bay, where he only got 12.4. That was a big Montgomery day. And then week one uh, against the the Chiefs there in Arrowhead, he had 14. Um, so, again, those aren't really totals that you want uh, at $6,400 for golf, and that's why I don't tend to play him on the road in those situations. Even going back to last year, he had one game, um, one game over 20 uh, on the road. That was at Carolina. He had a, a 29.7 in week 16. Other than that, in all his other games, he put up no more than 15 points, it looks like. Okay, that's not that's not very impressive. How's our friend of the show, Amon Ross St. Brown, doing? 
He's doing better. He's doing better. Return to practice. Um, I think he'll play. I think they'll get him back in the lineup. Uh, I think they'll need him, uh, obviously, on the road. Tampa has a pretty good defense again so far this year. Um, coming off a of bye, so they should be more healthy. Um, everyone with Mike Evans, apparently, which I'm guessing we'll get to, he's still missing practice today, uh, which isn't great, missing two two days of practice right after a bye week. Um, doesn't bode well. Usually, we'll, we'll see what happens Friday, which is really the main practice report there. But, yeah, I think Amara is definitely needed. Um, might open up some things for Laporta, but his price is up um, a bit, and I think Amara being back will kind of take away from Laporta. So I don't know if I'm really going to play many Lions. I might just go Tampa defense in this one. No, I can understand that. Although on the Tampa Bay side <laughs> of things, you talked about Mike Evans being banged up. And if he is mm-hmm. banged up, uh, it seems like the an unsung person, Devin Tompkins, kind of established himself a little bit with a couple of targets there anyway. Four targets, mm-hmm. four receptions, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, at at 3,300, he had 15 DraftKings points the last time Mike Evans wasn't fully healthy anyway. Is that somebody we need to be learn, uh, leaning towards instead of a Palmer? Probably not. Um I want to say that because they played the Saints last time, and uh-huh. Mike Evans is awful against Marshawn Lattimore. Like, you can look it up. He, right, can't, right. he can't do anything against Lattimore. So that was that game um, that Tompkins kind of had his, his breakout. You even seen Godwin, you know, have his big game as well. But I think a lot of that was because, you know, Lattimore was on Evans. If Evans is out, I mean, yes, you know, he can be in play 3,400. I don't mind Trey Palmer, um, honestly, at 3,900 either. But I just think, you know, we've named off quite a few guys in that mid-3K range Mm -hmm. that I like that I think will be just fine avoiding them. I live down there, don't I? I just live down there. You love it. You love it. I can't get off of it. What is my problem? What about Baker Mayfield? Uh, He played pretty well this year. 5,400. No. So. I got Bryce. I mean. Okay. No. We're moving on. We're moving on then, Pierre. Arizona at Los Angeles. 47-point total is what I had, and I have the Los Angeles Rams at home favored by six against those uh, against those Condorless Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> and a, lot of people, a lot of people down last week, but uh, up two. So this game's up to 49. So we got one that's climbing. Uh, Rams favored by seven here now. Okay. Uh, I would take that as meaning that Los Angeles, they expect to win this game by seven and Arizona is going to have to throw the ball more. So there's going to be more points put on the board. That's what I, that's the way I put it because they're (laughs) not going to be able to run the ball very well against this uh, Los Angeles Rams team. That's the way I I feel that this is the reason why it changed like that. All right. So are you looking at playing any of those uh, Arizona Cardinals? What about the new DeMarco kid? Potentially. Um, again, 4900 so love the salary. Um, he had a little bit of burst. You know, he got some garbage mm-hmm. time action uh, last week and, you know, found his way into the end zone as well. Averaged about four and a half uh, per carry. Had a couple targets his way through the air. Um, the, the hoopla is that when the depth chart came out, they had Keontae Ingram as the RB1 yeah. yep. yesterday. Uh, I don't think he's very good, honestly. But, you know, you got to listen to the depth chart, I guess. So he could possibly be the, the main back if he's healthy and ready to go at 4,500. If he's healthy, I probably don't want to play any of these guys. I think they signed Tony Jones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's out, then, yeah, I think he can play uh, Mercado and just hope he can get you, you know, 10 to 15 to, to help you out elsewhere. But the pass catcher is where you want to go. Uh, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, still too cheap at 5,300. Uh, Zach Ertz, another one of these tight ends in the mid 3K range. He's still in play at 3,600. Um, toss up between Michael Wilson and Rondell Moore. 
Um, Michael Wilson's had the one big game uh, against the 49ers, but he he did it again last week. Rondell Moore, you know, he's had a couple gadget-type games. You know, he had 10 um, against the Bengals last week. He had 16 against the Cowboys earlier. He's going to get a couple carries himself in the backfield and rushes. So that's always nice to have someone that's on the field that can get both pass catches and and rushing touches um, for only 3,500. So, yeah, I mean, if they're behind, you're going to want probably at least one, especially if you're stacking the Rams, you're going to need someone to bring them back with. Yeah, he could get three uh, carries uh, per game, it seems, is what it seems like, pretty easily in the pay, yeah. play script. He's a Debo Samuel light is what it is. Hey, for the running back situation uh, for Arizona, I think I got it figured out. I really do. I think uh, Ingram will be the early downs back. Yeah. I think DeMarcado will be the receiving back, and I think Tony Jones is going to be the goal line back. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, what I think, that's what I think is going to happen. On the Los Angeles Rams side, Pierre, come on. Do you, do you have anything you'd like to tell me about this Los Angeles Rams team? Do you, do you have any post-it notes in your oh, office? I, d- I do have post-it notes. I don't You're know. You're probably going to have one folded up. Yeah. It's going to be in the corner. There's going to be some writing in it. Uh-huh. What's it say? It's going to say Cooper Cup no matter what. <laughs> what? Okay. No matter what. And it was so good to see him back. Um, he got like five targets that first drive. I was like, oh, my goodness. He's like all the way back. <laughs> uh, he had 12 total. Uh, even with Puka, you know, Tutu still on the field, 12 targets. They they got Van Jefferson up out of there. They're like, Cup's back. You're good. We, we'll ship you off now. So, yeah, I still like Cup. He came up $400. They brought his price up real quick. Uh, they saw that he was back as well. Did get in the end zone. He had a touchdown to his total uh, against Philly, who's a pretty solid defense. You know, he'd be around 28 to 30. That's where you need him to be, and I, I think he can get there here against the Cardinals. So, yeah, I love Cooper Cup, as always. What I liked is how uh, the Rams took a timeout there right after that, you know, on, in that first drive. Yeah. And then the sound effect guy started playing Reunited. And, uh, <laughs> and it feels so good. Tutu Atwal should be a 3,000K guy. He, that's what he no. should be. Why is he 5,100, man? He is 5,100, and he is a 3K guy. He is one of my 3K darlings. He's <laughs> not never, anymore. He's, he's just not anymore like that. Uh, you can play Puka, too, though, right? Don't be scared yeah. off of playing Puka if you want to be contrarian. Even with cut back, he got double-digit targets. He got 11 targets. So, I mean, he's right there. You take wow. that 20 points, you know, you're happy. He doesn't get you the 24, but you're you're not sad if he only gets you 20. Uh, and maybe he continues to get the touchdowns, and he he might get you, you know, another thirty point game. So yeah, Cup Puka two two even at fifty one hundred, um, still in play. Yeah, I think he's gotten basically nine targets every game, but like one uh, four two two, and he got one of the touchdowns last week as well. If if everyone's trying to jam in one of Puka or Cup, uh, then a, a good way to be unique is to get two two in here for fifty one hundred because he's still on the field, he's still running routes. Um, then Higby, Higby's kind of sneaky as well, right at the top of that mid 3K range. He's at 4K. Um, you never know with him, but against Arizona in the past, you know, last year he got a 15 pointer, uh, had eight for 73. Um, in week 10 last year, he had four for 61 and week three against the Cardinals. So I like the, I like the Rams. They have a, a pretty good, pretty good matchup here. They're having a 27.8 team total. Um, again, they can spread the ball around. So. Their prices aren't too cheap. That'd be the toughest thing, but I do like the Rams. Okay. Uh, and I was going to say that Higby and Kyron Williams seem to be the big 
losers in uh, with his cup coming back, just the amount of targets they received last week and everything. And I bet you it just feels good to be able to throw it around to Puka to do to, <laughs> to, to, to cup. I bet you it just feels good for Matthew Stafford. And we know that oh, he yeah. likes to throw the ball a lot. And those he's going to be looking for those guys, I think. And so I'm going to stay away from a Higby and a Kyron Williams uh, this week. It just I, I think that they're I, – I just don't think they're in the game script. That's what I, I think. I think Kyron's unique. Um didn't look great against Philly, but again, Philly's front seven's dominant. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, not gonna have a dominant, you know, type of, of defense on the other side. He still got 15 total, you know, touches. He got 13 rushes. He had two targets, caught them both. Um, so 6,500 in a, a game where you know Mostert's gonna get played a lot. Um, you're probably gonna see you know Kamara get played and just guys in that 6K range. Um, for a team that's projected to score almost 30 points, you could do worse for a. Uh, a running back that really didn't have any help at 6,500. No, and they're not afraid to give it to him down there at the goal line. I think yep. he's a total touchdown dependent to get to that 20-point mark or wherever he has been in the past a little bit. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. I will take the Rams at home on this one. I, I think they're feeling good, and I don't know how good Arizona is feeling right now. So I think that I like them to cover that seven, actually. I would like to tease it down if I could, but I would like to <laughs> The total went seven. down like half point right now, so it's 48 and a half now. Well, we we move we move totals, Pierre. That's, That's what right. we do. That's Last we game, do. Philadelphia at the Jets. This one's at forty two and a half. Philly was favored by six and a half on the road. Is that still probable or um favored by seven? So pretty close and then down to forty one. Forty one. That one's dropping too. Pierre Hurts. And uh uh, uh what's his name? Uh, AJ Brown has been fantastic <laughs> lately. But yeah. at some point it's going to be a Don, Devontae Smith game at some point. And, and, and it seems like this is the week. One target, one catch last week on five targets for six yards. You can't do that. It's got to be a Smith week. Brown, <laughs> well, it should hey, be. A.J. Seem- Brown even would say it's supposed to be a Smith week. And that you can't hear that out of A.J. Brown's mouth. Right? He's got like three weeks in a row. Um, there's also, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's also a thing, but. Yeah, you gotta think they'll want to get Devontae involved. They got they got Goddard involved last week finally. Um, so sooner or later it's gonna be a Devontae uh week. I think he's only projected for like point something percent. I think he's less than one percent owned right now in most of the ownership projections. So um would be a good way to be a contrarian as well. Uh definitely has the upside. Perhaps he avoids uh Sauce Gardner. I have to see kind of what side of the field uh Sauce tends to line up on. Um, you think they put sauce on, on AJ Brown as well, which maybe opens up things for Devante. So yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, Hurst is going to get there, uh, whether it be the tush push, Bradley shove, whatever you call it, he's right. going to get probably one or two of those and then he'll bring along at least one pass catcher. So you'll, you'll definitely want one of, um, Goddard, Devante Smith or AJ Brown. And I actually don't even hate, um, Deandre Swift, uh, over the last few weeks, he's gotten, you know, four and six targets out of the backfield as well. He gets vulture just like Miles Sanders used to down near the goal line, which stinks when you play him. But if he happens to get a touchdown as well, then you're you're pretty good and decent shape for sixty one hundred. Well, and that's it's going to be a long touchdown, is what it's going to be because oh, you yeah. know it's, got it's not it's not going to be a short touchdown, that's for sure. And and he he has he's almost gotten to the eight eighteen points like we would like to see him get at. We'd mm-hmm. probably like the three and a half times his value at sixty one hundred. That's more like nineteen points or something like that you know 19 yeah. 20 points but he's almost gotten there without finding the end zone that's the key thing if you find the end zone on a more uh regular basis that would be something else but it's just not going to happen in here so not like that that minnesota game he found it and he put up 30 
Yeah. Well, yeah, but that was Minnesota. That's right. why. That's that's why we like uh, the Bears running backs this week. Hey, that's for right. the for the Jets, they were supposed to do things last week. They didn't do things. They, they, they were supposed to. Things. I mean, there was aye, just aye, one. Aye. There was just one that did things, and that was uh, Hall, who who went crazy and had that big long run and everything like that. I'm not going to say it saved his day, but boy, it sure made his day look spectacular, didn't it? It um, did. And uh-huh. I mean, I, we talked about Hall. Like I said, if the the coach speak was right. You're probably going to want to play him, especially against the Broncos. Unfortunately, Zach Wilson didn't didn't do much. I thought he'd be better, but yeah, Hall was Hall was awesome. And and you know, after a big victory like this, like they had against the Denver Broncos on the road, <laughs> which doesn't it doesn't seem like it should be, but it was a, a yeah, big victory true. for the Jets. You know, uh, I, I I want to take Philadelphia on the road in this one. Philadelphia kind of seems to keep things close. Jets kind of seem to keep keep things close. So I I would probably like to take the Jets at home, just a little weird and wonky. And man, I, I'm telling you. I'm going to keep picking against Philadelphia, and they're going to keep biting me every single time I do that. But it just, it just, they don't seem as good as they were, and that's why I'm, I'm kind of doing that. Is there anybody in this Jets that you want to play uh, pool that you want to play at all this week? Um, Garrett Conklin? Wilson. Garrett Wilson's still in play, just because the Eagles have given up points to receivers because everybody's behind and having to pass yeah. late. So, yeah, who's going to throw the ball? They, they got, they got to, they got to roll. They gonna roll my guy out there this week? Is that what is that what's gonna happen? Or are they keeping Zach Wilson back there? It'll be Zach. There. Okay. Salah is a big fan of his for some reason. I like Conklin at thirty three hundred. I don't mind that one. Yeah, he's there's, not bad. There's been a lot, lot of there's been a lot of tight ends down there. All right, Pierre. Let me remind everybody as you get this little lineup together for us here that they can follow the show at FI today with a little underscore. They can follow me at Loafnet and they can follow you at Wee thirty one over there on Twitter. I'm gonna ask uh, people to please like, subscribe, do all those kind of things. And and now it is time to play the quarterback game. Who do Let's I think that Pierre is going to do? Uh, a quarterback. You've talked to up a lot of people over this podcast. You've talked up Trevor Lawrence, and he's at 6,500. You've talked up Tua Tagovailoa at 7,600, I believe. Justin Fields, you've really loved him and all of his scores. And then I got to think about you, though, playing as well. Your Indianapolis Colt guy. I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have a great feel for this. I haven't been paying attention very well throughout the weeks in this. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say that you are going to pick. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm not. I'm not. Oh. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. You're gonna go with Trevor Lawrence, and then that way, if you're having a good week, uh, you and and your Colts are having a bad week, you've kind of. That's not an awful thought process, honestly. Um, <laughs> so I, I opening up the week, I, I intended to play Fields, but with that total dropping in the wind, uh, I'm gonna go Stafford. Okay, um, I was good. He was my second. He was he was actually I was debating between him and Trevor Lawrence because of all the weapons that Stafford had. Go ahead. Oh yeah. So in the dome, and you know who I'm pairing with? Who's the guy? Cooper Cup. No matter no what. No matter what. So give me Cup. Uh, I'll bring it back with Ertz at tight end uh, just to have a bring back there. Um, give me Mostert to get a part of the the Dolphins in that running game. I think he's in a good spot. Uh, I'll take DJ Moore. So I, I will have a part of that that Bears offense. I'll take DJ Moore, see if he can stay hot. Um, Christian Kirk, I'll pick on the Colts secondary because we struggle against receivers every single week. Uh, give me Osborne. Uh, give a kind of a correlation to DJ Moore there at 4,400. I think most will go to Hawkinson or Addison. Give me KJ Osborne. Give me DeAndre Swift as the other running back and hope that you know he can score outside the 10. And then uh, give me the Buccaneers defense. Don't like golf on the road. So we'll go uh, Stafford, Mostert, DeAndre Swift, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, KJ Osborne, Zach Ertz, Cooper Cup, Tampa Bay Bucks, D. 
It sounds like a good one from our friends over at uh, uh, Dash Pass. What is DoorDash? DoorDash. Over at DoorDash. I am entering a free contest there. Hey, DoorDash, feel free to come and sponsor the show. We would be happy to have you. Could you imagine just ordering all the food you want, whatever you want? I think that's what DoorDash does. That'd be, that'd be special. Do that. Pierre, it sounds like a good one. Appreciate your time as always, buddy. And I wish good luck to you and your Indianapolis Colts and to my Chicago Bears. I got a feeling we're going to win this one too, bud. Good luck. We're going to win luck. We're sitting on top of the world. Uh, everybody, make sure you find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.